little little Wayne intro for you on that one, boys. Yeah, what's good? What's good? Evan is finally back from finally travels. back home, baby. Back in the town, in the town, in the magic at, um, city. Andy's market. You come by see me, buying some peaches or something, you know. Some pea deuce, produce, chilling. Definitely. Um, yeah. So Evan's been traveling. I've been introducing him as missing for traveling M-I-A. at the beginning of these episodes. Um, I believe I mentioned this uh, the car accident, not car accident, but the accident <laughs> incident with your car. Yes. Um, I don't know how much detail I went to, but I know obviously you have all the details. So if we want to just get it started with that, uh, tell us what happened. All right, cool. So, um, so backstory: I was on a road trip by myself. I'd been sleeping in my Subaru. Classic Evan. Classic. Evan. Sleeping in my Subaru. <laughs> had all my all my stuff in the back seat. Um, so I parked my. I was in downtown San Francisco. I parked my car just like on a side street. I was walking around. I was gone for like an hour and a half and came back to my car. And also, funny thing, so I was actually FaceTiming my girlfriend, Cameron. And I was like, Cameron, wouldn't it suck if my car got broken into? And then she's like, yeah, that would suck. And then like five seconds later, I walked up to my car and the back passenger window was shattered. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit. And it was this weird feeling. It was like wow this actually happened (laughs) like Like, it's like this like it's like that really sucks and it was like it actually you know what i mean like it actually had like it's hard to like in the moment it was like wow like this doesn't seem real yeah and then i was just sitting there like looking i was like okay got broken into my window's going and then my backpack that had my macbook and a ton of camera equipment was taken and then also my little camera bag with my camera and some lenses and some other stuff. And, uh, yeah, so that sucked. And after doing, it was stuff that I had been, you know, like accumulating over the past five years or so. And when I did all the insurance stuff, it came out to like over 10 grand (laughs) worth of stuff. (laughs) And probably the, the most disappointing an upsetting part to me about it was like three days before that I was chilling and I had dumped everything off of my MacBook onto a hard drive. Wow. So, like, <laughs> Cause like I had all my stuff, um, like assignments and projects, um, for school from the past semester and the past fall semester. Yeah. And then like I had some random just like, other stuff that I'd been working on and like some pictures and it was like the semester was over. So I was like, yeah, I'll just go ahead and clean up my MacBook, like free up some space. So, and everything had been backed up to my iCloud. That's on, crazy. Yeah. And then I, it wasn't anymore once Whoa. I put it on. Yeah. So I took it off, yeah, yeah, yeah. put it on the hard drive. So then all of it's not on the iCloud anymore, which right. I didn't know that that's how that worked. I didn't either know that you said yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, um, I guess since the way that it, had worked was since i was connected to wi-fi when i took it off then it updates oh, that it got shoot. It like deletes it out of icloud wow. yeah so i wasn't aware of that wow. but so it was all in this little hard drive that was also in the backpack so that's all gone god dude that's fun and um yeah but yeah so i got the so the window was shattered all my stuff was gone and it was nighttime yeah. um i was actually about like 
I was getting going to my car to go meet Robert Corson. We were going to eat dinner mm-hmm. at um, this place that we've been talking about going to for like a long time. We saw it on a YouTube video. It's called Tommy's Joint. <laughs> Didn't get to go. Damn. I texted him. I was like, hey, dude, like, all my shit just got stolen. My <laughs> car, I'm not coming. <laughs> that was a bummer. And then yeah. I, so I texted um, Ryan Hoffman, Coach Hoffman from Hoover. I stayed with him. Uh, about a year and a half ago, he lives in uh, San Jose, works for at Apple HQ, and I told him what happened. I wasn't going to hit him up, and uh, like we were going to get lunch or something, but I wasn't going to ask to stay with him. But then when that happened, I, like, texted, I called him. I was like, hey, man, I just got broken into. Can I come stay at your house? And he's like, yeah, for sure. So then I stayed there, um, got my window fixed the next day. And it was interesting because the window replacement guy, he was actually telling me, like, when I told him what happened, he was like, yeah, he was this real, like, hippie, like, heady dude. Like, (laughs) he's like, yeah, man, like, he's an old guy. He's like, man, like, it's just become an epidemic, man. Like, (laughs) some of the windows, there's there's no more because they've all been broken, man. (laughs) And he's like, you're just on this, like. This bitchin' road trip, dude, man. <laughs> you just, some asshole just shattered, ruined your trip, new shit. And, uh, yeah, but he was really cool. He's like, we're gonna get you fixed up, man. And, uh, yes, he did that. That was nice. Yeah. Then I hit the old road. Sounds good. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You did many other things besides take that L, yeah. uh, which are good. I, dude, like I didn't even think about it, though. Like you really lost everything. Yeah, dude, <laughs> it wasn't even a... backed up. Nope, it sucks. It, but like, I didn't lose that many pictures because that's probably like what would have upset me the most because yeah. all of my pictures I've been backing up to a big hard drive I have in my house. Fair enough. Nice. So those are all still there. That's I just good. lost like documents. Well, and you lost the ability to document things further into the trip. That's also true, I mean, you still had your phone, I guess, but it's not the same. Yeah, that was a big bummer. And, like, the insurance, they've covered, like, they gave me, like, half of that back, basically. Probably going to wait. I don't know. Figuring out. About to get the MacBook, but I'll probably get my camera later. Yeah, so you've been without without MacBook for almost a month at this point? Yeah, shout out to my um, little brother, Drew. Going in the seventh grade, been using his. <laughs> let me use his laptop to do my, um, my online class, and I'm also in a personal training course online. So he's letting me use it for the shout out, Drew. Hell yeah, shout out, big boy. You can watch him on uh, on Twitch. He streams. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, he's we got to get him on, bro. He's into fishing now. He's we got to collab. Big fisherman. Oh, well. Okay, I don't know nothing about. He still that. games though. He games really hard. Oh sweet. Yeah, yeah. Good, good guy. He's kitchen delicious bass, though. <laughs> That's his thing right now. Um, Did you catch any delicious bass? <laughs> I caught you a delicious bass. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's good, man. Maybe he'll be that eventually. That's what he should aspire to be. Yeah. Um, We got to get the little dudes on, man. We, yeah, we would, hyped him up. Fun. Blake and Drew. Yeah. That would be cute. Sure would. Um. What else? Oh yeah. So you uh, not only did your car get broken into, mm-hmm. you also completed fire training in Colorado. Yeah. So um, wildfire training. Yeah. So after I graduate, so this next spring, 
my plan or what I'm going to do. I don't know where yet because I haven't, I don't know like where I'll get the job. But I'm moving out west to um, do wildland firefighting, so like fight wildfires. And um, so I went to a school in Colorado called Colorado Fire Camp, and I got two certifications. So I did my basic wildland firefighting and then like fire behavior is what it's called and then also got my um my sawyer certification so like chainsaw certification and um yeah so i have those two and so fire season starts in april and it goes till like october the past few years it's been pretty long and like super busy because like basically everything is just burning to the ground right now like out yeah. there and um yeah so but the hiring process because i'm gonna get i want to be on a hot shot crew which is kind of like the elite forces of wildland firefighting and um so we, there's like 200 something hot shot crews all out west and then each one has 20 guys on it or girls <laughs> 20 people on it and um Every year they're allowed to have four rookies. So I'm going to apply to a lot of them. My first choices, and I actually spoke to the to the captain today. It's um, it's a crew. It's called Pioneer Peak Hotshots. They're up in Alaska. Mm. And, um, yeah, so talking to him, I think that would be sick. The hiring, the applications start in, like, August, September. And then... Oh, so it's not like a it's not like a pool. I thought like the way you were describing it to me before. For some reason, I thought it was like you submit your application to a pool and then they just assign you to a group. But that's not how it no, works. No, yeah, yeah. You apply like you apply through that website, US Jobs, um, but you apply to specific specific teams. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. that's cool then. I mm-hmm. thought it was just gonna be like, here you go. And you're yeah, going yeah, here no, like a mission yeah. like a mission trip almost. Yeah. Like, now that would suck because like <laughs> yeah. you could be like in somewhere like I don't know, like the Rockies or like Alaska or you could end up being like in Illinois. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> And like like Mississippi has a hot shot. Oh um, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Yeah, that's not what you want. Yeah. So I'm kinda <laughs> just like I've been in touch with um different talking captains. About, talking about West, bro, you're going to Alaska. That's the true the, tr- the, the last, last frontier, frontier baby. baby. Yeah. Whew. Oh, jinx. That'd be nuts. Yeah, it big would jinx. Be pretty cool. It's pretty what, sweet. What part of Alaska? Like, so the Alaska has three hotshot crews, and there's two up like in the the very very north. It's like in the Arctic Circle type crap. Yeah, dude, it's like all the way at the top. Sheesh. Let's see. Although I, I guess there's a probably a lot of Alaska that's in the Arctic Circle. I don't really know how it works. It is shit. But there's like cuz there's a ton of wildfires every summer in um in Alaska. Oh. But like there's not as much um What's it called? Dang it. China. That's not it. It seemed like it'd be tough to. It's in Wainwright, Alaska. So that's like way at the top. So, but then in a lot, like there's not as much civilization, right? Because yeah. the thing about, um, like wildfires that I didn't understand, like I knew a lot about like wildland firefighting, like 
kind of a little bit about wildfires, but the thing about it is that it's a natural occurrence and mm, right, yeah. it's like kind of, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing yeah. because so basically about a hundred years ago, the government put all this stuff in place to, they were kind of like stopping forest, like logging and that type of thing. Hmm. And they were like, we're not going to cut down anything. We're not going to like remove any of this land. And, um, so they did that. And then now all the forests are super, super overgrown. Oh. And so they're super unhealthy because hmm. that's not like none of the, plants and trees and stuff like in the forest are getting enough of what they need because there's like it's just too crowded oh wow and so like when you see those pine forests you know where it's just straight lines of pine you know like that's a very that's what a very very healthy forest looks like so now like sounds corny but like mother nature (laughs) puts things like wildfires in to kind of eradicate that problem so like when like a lightning bolt like strike a tr- strikes a tree and like a forest fire happens, like it's not a bad thing. Mm. And so like, and then it's kind of like you're not gonna like you can't just go stop a hurricane. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> and so kind of like the purpose of wildland firefighters is more or less just to like suppress it and make sure that like people and like houses and like that type of yeah. things like don't get affected as much as possible by the fire you know right yeah so, so my, i guess in alaska you wouldn't be dealing with a lot of trouble like you wouldn't think mm-hmm. like yeah I'm that's sure why like areas, like alaska is like such a huge landmass. but then like there's only three crews up there because my assumption is is that the fires aren't as like urgent to stop you yeah, know yeah. and there's not as many people whereas like in california you know, there's everywhere pro- there's a fire. Yeah, like there's like problem, it's like yeah. a big deal wherever there's a fire. Yeah. There's like there's probably like forty something crews at least just in California, just because yeah. there's so many people and like when there is a fire, like that thing has to be stopped as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah that's another thing. Like you were saying, like you didn't understand that it was a naturally occurring thing, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that's the norm, just because most people see the coverage from California where mm-hmm. people are dying. Yeah, you know, like yeah. this isn't. They yeah. think if humans are dying from it, that it would be a bad thing. I mean, generally, I mean, obviously, that yeah. part of it is bad. No, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, yeah, it, it has to happen, like mm-hmm. you're saying, because of the fort. I didn't realize that it was because of letting them be overgrown i didn't realize Mm -hmm. that we were not a part of the problem necessarily yeah and that's the thing too like when or like people see like like uh like logging companies like cutting down a lot of land like trees and stuff they're like oh that sucks but it's like it's actually kind of a good like that's how i was but it's like a good thing because that land's like it's always gonna grow back right yeah and um yeah, like you it's think about it's not like you're messing up healthier. the climate. Right, yeah. yeah. Like you're not you're not unearthing like you're not turning the climate into something else. There's still going to be you're still in a forested wooded area yeah. where yeah. there's other trees that will repopulate that mm-hmm. small area that you took out. Yeah. And it's so sure. funny cuz it's so easy to be like a tree not tree hugging necessarily, but someone that would think chopping down trees like chopping down the Amazon, yeah. all this other stuff would be so horrible. Mhm. Just because from the outside, like just upon first glance, like it makes no sense to just chop down trees. Yeah, yeah. But then when you think about it, like, oh, wow, like jungles and stuff can be overgrown and mm-hmm. like cause more problems than they're solving. Exactly, you know what I mean? so, yeah, yeah. 
It is pretty crazy. I mean, if you mm-hmm. take like, <laughs> you, I mean, you, I mean, you were there for what two weeks, a week. Yeah, learning. it was like eight days. Yeah, yeah, and like you learned so much, you changed your perspective. I'm sure a lot. Even oh, you yeah, were already so willing to fight the fires, so mm-hmm. it's not like you know. Yeah, it's but, just like a different like. I understand it. Like as yeah. before, it was just like something like, oh, I want to do that, like, because that's just something I want to do. But it's like now, they're like, oh, I have a lot of clarity. Like, why? Yeah. Do what you know we're gonna do right or yeah. whatever yeah yeah not be, that's awesome that they teach you kind of the the mission and the purpose mm-hmm. rather than just like yeah. fires <laughs> stop them like yeah you yeah. know what i mean that's kind of what i figured it was always it's mm-hmm. just like there's if there's a fire we got to go stop it you got to yeah. dump the shit on it and then there's yeah. gotta be people out there like it's also interesting just <coughs> like because the bulk of the program like was in the classroom because wildland firefighting is so tactical yeah and it's like all right it's like it's almost like scientific how you approach putting out the fire mm. and um, cause there's all these different things that could happen if you do it wrong. Oh, like, yeah. like um, a few years ago, there's a crew, like the whole crew died Oof. because they got caught in what's called a box Canyon. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah. So yeah. like, and because they weren't, they didn't have like, they couldn't see the fire over the ridge. And if you're in a Canyon, when the fire comes around the bottom, the way that like the oxygen flow works is it just sucks the fire up through the Canyon up the top. And so it's like a whole, like a whole minute, a whole Canyon is engulfed in flames. And they were, so they were in a safe zone and they saw like they were getting back to the base camp or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it was down this Canyon and so they're like, yeah, we're going to go down there. And then like halfway through, yeah. <laughs> Damn, bro. Yeah. That's so Sucks. scary. Because like that's just a naturally, like you wouldn't be like but the normally thing, on yeah. the lookout for a canyon. Yeah. But but the thing like what they did is like that should have, they never should have done that too. <laughs> like, yeah. That's one of those. Yeah. I'm sure there was like too much inexperience on the crew or something. Yeah. You can, I mean, that still sucks that it happened, but. Oh yeah. It's bad. It's rough. Sheesh. That's why you got to be scary. trained. That's why yeah, they exactly. allow four rookies, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. That'd be so cool to be out there with like dudes that have been doing it for so long. Yeah. Apparently like talking to people like, I don't know. Cause like hot shots, they're kind of like, People are like scared of them. Like they're like oh, known, like the badasses. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and like I was talking to one guy that was there. His name's Matt. And like, so there's like contracting companies. So like, there's one called Fire Tracks, and you can go and work there. And it's not like a, like all the hotshot crews are government teams. Mm, mm. And um, but then there's like private contracting teams that you can work for. Mm. And then like, it's not as intense and like you have it's like more salary based and like yeah um i guess like your schedule is more predictable and like he did that and he's like yeah dude like hot shots are kind of like kind of scary just because <laughs> they're like so like intense and like good at what they do yeah they're like yeah they make you badass motherfuckers honestly <laughs> so that'd be cool yeah definitely i'll get a sweet mustache <laughs> <laughs> tis a requirement i feel like yeah I could just imagine you, like, <laughs> for whatever reason, like, a gray tucked-in shirt to your blue <laughs> pants, like, gonna go fight these fires with, like, massive mustache. <laughs> I hope, dude. 
That'll be sweet, dude. In Alaska, of all places. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be nuts. I am excited. Um, right. So you you traveled to California. You were there to do many things, but you climbed a mountain also. Yes. That was a solo climb. Yes. So I climbed Mount Shasta. It was my first alpine climb. It's been like I kind of been training for it for a while, and like so alpine climb. Um, on alpine mountain so (laughs) (laughs) but basically what that means is that you have to have an ice axe and um the crampons on your feet so like those spikes that go on the bottom of your boots that's so cool and um, do you like buy some or you rent them or whatever i had a i had a I have an ice axe just because, like, I wanted to buy one (laughs) (laughs) because they're cool. (laughs) But I had to rent. Um, I had and a little REI trick. So I have like an REI membership, and so they're really good about like not asking questions when you return stuff. Mm. So like the day or the evening before, because so I start the. I had to start the climb because most people do this climb in two days. So they'll leave like, um, like in one morning and they'll hike up about halfway to this, um, there's a camp there. And then from there, the next morning at 4am, they'll leave from there and go up and summit and then come all the way back down. Mm. But, um, so I wanted to do it in one go. Mm-hmm. and so i left um from like at the i got on the trailhead at 1 30 in the morning and um so the evening before i went to rei and i bought like 300 dollars worth of like clothing <laughs> that you need to do it mm-hmm. but i rent i rented the crampons and i rented i rented the gaiters which are like the covers that go over your boots over your pants so you don't get like ice and snow mm-hmm. in your boots and um yeah, so I bought like all stuff. And um so then so I got on the mountain at one thirty. It was obviously like pitch black. Like I could see like every single like I could see the whole Milky Way. It was so sick. That's awesome. And it started at like seventy five hundred feet, I think. And um so the summit it's like fourteen thousand two hundred feet, I believe. Mm. And um yeah, so I was just going. It was just me. And honestly, like it, it's weird because like I've done a whole lot of backpacking and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But then like this, the mountain is super steep. Mm -hmm. And like, I literally remember probably like every single step, like, cause it's so like, you're just like step, 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 step. And it's like, I sex, I sex, I sex. And, um, and it was honestly like very miserable. Wow. Like, and it, it was just like, there was one point and it was on this open face and it was kind of like, there was a vortex. So like wind was just like being Ooh. funneled down at me mm. and it was snowing Jeez, <laughs> and dude. it was like three in the morning <laughs> and like, I was freezing. Like the gloves that I got were just not thick enough. Uh. And, um, cause the guy told me they'd be thick enough. He was wrong. <laughs> and my hands were so cold. Damn and, um, <laughs> yes, it was miserable. And <laughs> I was like, damn, this sucks. And then, so I got up to like the base camp 
where everybody was camping, which was really cool because it was like all these little tents like dug and they were like dug into the snow a little bit and they had these tents set up. And um, I remember just standing there and I was like looking up at the wall and it gets even steeper. Mm. And like I could see all these headlamps just like up the mountain. (laughs) And like I literally almost turned around. I was like, I do not think that I'm like ready for this, I guess. Because like, and like I don't like, and I was just so miserable. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do (laughs) it. And and I was like, oh, man, like, at this point, I had already been hiking for, like, like three hours, and, like, I was already miserable. I was like, I mean, I might as well go. <laughs> and, like, when, like, I saw I started, and then this guy came down, he was, like, Swedish or something. And he's like, are you... I can't I can't do this Swedish accent. I'm sorry. But he's like, Are you trying to summit? Like, yeah, and I was like, Did you? And he's like, No, I had to go back. And I was like, What the heck? Oh this guy couldn't freaking do it. I don't yeah. think I can do it. Oh like Lord. he's from Europe. Like he came here to climb this mountain. And uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, All right. So I was going. And um so and I only had I'd like I had two smart water bottles, so it was like three liters total, and I had a Subway Club sandwich, <laughs> and that was my food. And so, like, I was just, I, I was so, so underprepared, to be honest. Like, <laughs> and, like, the thing is, like, I was trekking for, like, a le- like, it took me eight hours to summit, and, like, so I was on the mountain for, like, 11 hours, Jeez. just, like, hiking the whole time. God, dude. <laughs> and, like... The sandwich is probably like <laughs> 600 calories, maybe. So I was like, I was like, oh, no, no nourishment. Dude. And like, oh. at one point, oh man, <laughs> this is just like, I have this, this scene just burned into my mind. So I was like on the wall and the sun had come up at this point. That was really cool too. Like watching the sun come up because it's just like, it was like pitch black and then it's a little blue and then all of a sudden it's light, but you get to like see like looking back, there was all these other little mountains and like you can see the sun just start hitting it. It's really cool. And then you can start to see like the shadow of the mountain like down below. Yeah. That was cool. And then like, and then it's like, you can see all these people like up around you, like ahead of you that you had just seen their headlamps and it's like, Oh, they're right there. And, um, Yeah, but so I was on this steep part, and I had, like, stuck my my shoes into the ground, like, my crampons, and I was kneeling down um, to, like, get my water bottle out of my pack, and it slipped. And I watched my water bottle just slide down this mountain, and, like, like, it was like... Like, so, like, all the way back down to the camp, and... It was probably like two and a half hours oh. of like hiking from where I was, like where it went to where I was. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's gone. <laughs> and I still like, I was like maybe halfway through this one. It's like, now I only have a liter of water left oh for God. like, <laughs> yes. And so like, so one of the things about being like at altitude, like altitude sickness is very real. And if you're dehydrated, like you're screwed. It's only gonna and be then worse. also something that happens at altitude is 
your ghrelin gets decreased. So your ghrelin is the hormone inside of you that tells you that you're hungry. Oh, damn, so you could bro. be starving and you can't feel like you I don't know, know that. that you're hungry. That sounds yeah. Horrible, and so like, and even like, I probably was starving, but like, I didn't want to eat anything either. Yeah. So like, oh. so like I was going and, um, I got to like 11,000 feet and I was like two hours from the summit at this point and I just started getting so lightheaded mm. and um and I just kept going like I almost threw up Jesus, dude. <laughs> and like there's just people there's like going like some of the guys were coming some of the people would be coming down and I'm like yeah gee somebody's like and these guys just looked like they're having a walk in a park like I guess they lived around there and this is something they do like just on the weekend just like there's like <laughs> jog on up like for a little lord yeah and they're like yeah dude you got it dude and i'm like all right (laughs) and um yeah so like long story short like made it to the summit it was miserable almost passed out almost threw up um and then i came back down it took me so it took me eight hours to summit three hours to go back down but like Summoning, I mean, going back down was miserable too. Yeah, because it's like harder to walk down the steep. Yeah, wall. I'm sure. I was about to say like. Yeah, and then like, yeah. At that point, I was just like trashed, and I remember like, I laid down, and I actually like I almost fell asleep. Oh, like I like God. I dozed off, and like I caught you know like when you fall back asleep after your alarm goes back yeah, off, yeah. and you like catch yourself. That's like the ultimate alarm. <laughs> Yeah, like it was the same. Like I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I do not need to fall asleep yeah. up here. Like, <laughs> and <laughs> that would oh, be so bad, dude. I don't know what would happen because you probably would wake up falling off the mountain. Like, what? like it, I mean, it was in stable ground, but like, so the reason that you I let you leave so early is because you want to summit ah. and be you want to be back down at the base of the mountain before noon okay. because if you're up there like any later all the ice is melted so like it's just slushy and so it's impossible to get back down Damn, bro, yeah so so, so like i saw it at 9 30 and then so i ended up getting back down at like right at noon basically and um yeah so i called myself and i was going down and so there's a thing called glissading which is where you slide down like on your ass like down the mountain mm-hmm. and um so I like I knew that that was a thing and I'd seen videos, but I didn't like understand yeah. how you did it. <laughs> but then like luckily this forest service guy and so the like the backcountry skiers, mm-hmm. they just blow my mind cuz they hike up. They did the same, they do the same hike that I did. Yeah. But they do it with their freaking skis in their backpack. And then when they get to the top, they, they pop their skis on and go down. <laughs> what yeah dude those guys are cra- and like that's just something they do and like, that's they like a do hobby like, just because they do it like all the time that's nuts yeah man. it's it's nutty dude <laughs> but wow. like this dude i was like i was like man how do you glissade he's like oh dude you just take off your crampons and like sit on your butt and then you use your ice axe as like a paddle almost like on a mm. boat i was like oh sweet and so i did that and i sat down I kid you not, dude. 
it was so like you're like, Pew! Yeah. <laughs> like because you get in like these um grooves mm. that i guess the snowboarders leave oh, and they're, it's like oh slides yeah dude it's so <laughs> and you're just like sliding down the mountain it's like dang it <laughs> it was cool and uh, how do you stop at the bottom yeah so what you use your um so you dig your heels in Mm-hmm. So you're sitting on your butt, you have your knees um, kind of bent, and then your heels are there on the ground. And then so your isaacs, there's a, so it's like a T, and your left hand is holding the T, the top, like you would hold a boat paddle. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom where it comes to a point. So you stick that, the bottom on your right side, and you stick it into the ground. And so how much pressure you push down into the ground that kind of controls your speed and you can steer yourself like going side to side. And so in conjunction with pushing down in the back and then pushing in your heels, that's how you slow down. Yeah. So it was pretty neat. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but I just got back down and, um, I went straight to a hotel. (laughs) I slept for like, 18 hours. Oh I my think. God. Yeah, dude, I was trash. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yes. I mean, the weird hours that you have to do that and then for that long. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, you dude, slept for a long weird. time. I was messed up. That's cool, though. That, like, I'm, I'm sure that seeing the, first of all, seeing the Milky Way was probably dope. Mm-hmm. And then the sunrise is probably also really dope. Yeah, dude, it was so cool. And it's something like I want to keep going with, I guess, like building on. Because that, like, I chose that one because that's like a good intro to alpine climbing. Uh-huh. Like it's not very like it's difficult, but it's not like super technical. Yeah, and um, like fourteen thousand feet is high, but it's not like not it's not manageable, I guess. But um, yeah, so I just want to keep building on doing that and like keep getting higher and higher. Basically, yeah. are there higher alpine climbs like in that area? Um, yeah, so there's no, <clears throat> there's three like in the northwest more so, like Mount Baker, um, Mount Hood, and mm. I guess Mount St. Helens would be the third. That one's in California, I think. But there's like more, and like they're all kind of, they range in um, like how technical they are, because that's yeah. where it gets more difficult. So like, a lot of those you'd have to be like with a crew like crew, oh wow and you'd have to be like roped up together shoot and you might actually i think for some of them you actually have to like do like the ice climbing like up Damn, the side of, yeah so like or like um like when you have to cross the crevasses like walk over like those giant like gaps yeah. like that's like the crazy stuff and the thing is like i don't know like you really Obviously, like, you can't mess around with that. Like, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Because, like, <laughs> not just, like, a, I don't know. It's not, like, a joke. Like, that shit's so dangerous. Dude, I know. Mountain climbing is one of those things. It's, like, if there's not a real reason to do it. I'm sure once you get into it, it makes more sense. But, like, from someone who'd never <laughs> climbed a mountain before, like, yeah. it doesn't see Like, there's, I, I get the upside. You get to see some really cool stuff when you're up there. Yeah. But, like. I don't know. <laughs> it's just one of those things. It's like you're just creating so much danger for yourself. Yeah. That. I guess maybe that's the cool and part it's too. Like but hard, yeah, that's kind of I don't know. Like rec- like the past few years, like I've kind of 
like started creating like these really hard challenges for myself and like they're always miserable <laughs> but then yeah, it's you like done a lot of miserable things. but yeah like and then like i i don't know but then it's like after it's kind of like addicting because it's always like it shapes me yeah and it transforms me as a person because like when i got off that mountain like i felt like a different person and um and do it like those things they just kind of like they almost haunt me in a way because like this like i'll think back like every day like i think about the stuff that like like those challenges or whatever like adventures and stuff and it like i'll just like have like memories of them it's like damn like that was like so miserable but like yeah. think about like how i felt like in that moment yeah i think there's something to that for sure i mean a lot of uh, like joe rogan talks about it a lot with with uh, like motivational type of people that he has on his mm -hmm. podcast that y people need to experience misery yeah exactly uh, they call it something else probably but in that similar in a similar vein where you know you need to feel threatened or whatever mm -hmm. and then like dude even just like simple things in life once you get past the hard thing like if you've been looking at a challenge and you know this has probably been on your calendar for a long time to mm -hmm. go climb that mountain yeah. and maybe you didn't realize how bad it was going to be at the time yeah no not at all but you know once you get there and you're you're in the bad time like you can't see past it you know yeah, what i mean like yeah, exactly. you know and it's like no matter even like you can get anxious or upset about something way smaller than a 14,000 feet mountain yeah and once you get past it the other side mm -hmm. is really where it comes that's kind of yeah that's kind of like what i've learned because it's like when I do all those things and like, I guess like I actually feel like immense fear and like threatened by the situation. Yeah. Then when I come home and like the thing is like those things, like climbing that mountain, like doesn't mean anything, you know, but, but then like come home and like problems with like family or friends or like these like actual things that like are relevant and like yeah. important things in your life um they just like they're you're kind of prepared like i feel more prepared to deal with them yeah and like the real struggles that actually like happen in real life you know right yeah and um and so i i just feel personally like things like that like it's just gotten it's made the rest of my life like easier because I don't get that's pretty dope yeah and so that's like that's also another reason like why I love like submitting myself to those types of things I mean in a mountain really is like the the eternal form of that it's like it's so much bigger than you mm -hmm. and like the term summit is just so like fitting for it but you're like yeah you're literally at the top of a mountain like you, exactly you came from zero feet to whatever mm -hmm. it is you know yeah and you've defeated i mean there's a certain element i'm sure there's a certain element of that where you feel like you defeated the mountain but you're also now at the top and you got to work your way back down to real life mm -hmm. and there's a lot of metaphors there exactly, like yes yeah, so you gotta you, there's you gotta break off like you said the mountain doesn't mean anything you know yeah, you're, you're exactly. getting back to real life but mm -hmm. then you turn around you're like i was just at the top none of this other stuff is really yeah that it's, bad. Uh, it's like the like it makes me a better person yeah. in the real like in my real life yeah you know? that's really awesome yeah, it's fun, dude. I mean, that's a pretty good wrapping up point, honestly. I yeah. mean, we're at 40 minutes, and that was pretty motivational. Yeah. <laughs> pretty sweet. Do more hard shit. I mean, honestly, that you hear <laughs> that so much, and I think there's a, so much truth to it. Yeah. And it can speak speak volumes just from Evan here. Little Ev dogs climbed a couple of mountains in his day. 
done some other hard stuff. Climbed <laughs> some more. And I'm sure, you know, you came off that mountain, you weren't even thinking about your car getting broken into. Well, actually, my car got broken into the next day. Oh, it was after? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Never mind. <laughs> that sucks so yeah. bad. Uh, tits. Oh, well. It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. Um, anyway, thanks for listening to us. All right, peace. Have a good night.